Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hailing frequencies open, you've tapped into Trek FM's Hyper Channel. I'm Luke Weir, and today we are talking all about Mission New York, which took place this past Friday through Sunday, September 2nd through 4th, at the Javits Center in New York City. We got some exciting announcements at Mission New York, as well as some intriguing new information about Star Trek Discovery, but there is also a lot of reminiscing with the cast of past Star Trek series. So let's go through the convention day by day and start off with Friday's events. On Friday, Nicholas Meyer unveiled the new 4K director's cut of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. In a question and answer session, he discussed the Khan script rewrite he had to complete in just 12 days. He also talked about his thoughts on art and the interpretation of art, and he mentioned that his vision of the film was largely intact besides some last-minute reshoots and edits. He also talked about his method of getting the best performance out of William Shatner during the filming of Wrath of Khan. He said that he would make Shatner rehearse and reshoot scenes many times, and the more takes they did, the more natural his performance would become. Meyer said that his favorite performances from William Shatner are in The Wrath of Khan and Star Trek VI and Undiscovered Country. Deep Space Nine cast members were among the first to appear on stage at Mission New York. They discussed what they would have liked to have seen happen to their characters if there had been an eighth season of DS9. They gave some advice to the upcoming cast of Star Trek Discovery, and they discussed how fans from different countries around the world view the Ferengi. There was also some discussion about the upcoming DS9 documentary, and when asked by a fan how he responds to criticism that DS9 isn't true Star Trek, Armin Shimmerman responded by saying, quote, Starship Ships are not Star Trek. Hope is Star Trek. End quote. Some of the cast of Enterprise wrapped up the first day of Mission New York. Among other things, they discussed a prank they pulled on Scott Bakula involving an old Canada Dry commercial he performed in. Uh, one time during filming, the cast convinced the production crew to play Scott's Canada Dry commercial on every monitor on the bridge and catch him by surprise. You can watch that commercial, which is quite cheesy but also quite enjoyable, in the link in the show notes. In addition to these panels, the new Star Trek Forever stamps were officially debuted on Friday. There are four different stamp designs that each pay tribute to different aspects of the original series, including the Starfleet emblem, the Transporter, the Vulcan salute, and of course, the Enterprise. Walter Koenig was at the ceremony celebrating the stamps' release, as well as the Postmaster General, Megan J. Brennan. In the ceremony, she said, quote, For more than 50 years, Star Trek has entertained us, engaged us, and taken us on a tremendous journey in inspiring optimism and a better understanding of the American psyche, end quote. The Star Trek Forever stamps are now available online and at U.S. post offices. On to day two of Mission New York. The first event of the day was a Next Generation panel on the main stage. Marina Sirtis talked about why Gene Roddenberry wanted a counselor on board the Enterprise. He said that mental health would be just as important as physical health in the 24th century, and he wanted to do his part to destigmatize mental health issues. When asked by a fan what advice they had for Brian Fuller as he was working on Star Trek Discovery, Jonathan Franks jumped in and said, We're not dead, which the crowd responded to enthusiastically. Uh, Marina also said that she would like to play Loaxana Troy's grandmother on the new series, and uh, she said that she would also like to take over the voice of the computer. She emphasized that the computer's voice should be kept in the Star Trek family. Uh, Michael Dorn also confirmed something that fans have feared. At this point, his pitch for a Star Trek show 
featuring Worf as a captain is probably dead. He cited Star Trek Discovery as the nail in the coffin for that idea. The much-anticipated Star Trek Discovery writers panel also took place on Saturday. There's a lot to talk about from that panel, so I'm saving that for its own segment later on in the show. Let's go ahead and keep going through some other highlights from Saturday. There was also a panel on Saturday afternoon featuring Bruce Greenwood, who plays Captain Pike in Star Trek 2009 and Into Darkness, uh, as well as Peter Weller, who portrayed Admiral Marcus in Into Darkness, as well as the Terra Prime leader John Frederick Paxton on Star Trek Enterprise. They talked about their experiences filming the Kelvin Timeline films, and both expressed their fondness for Anton Yelchin and the tragedy of his passing. On day three of Mission New York, members of the Voyager cast kicked off the day by discussing topics like Tuvix, their favorite and least favorite episodes, Neelix's final episode, and their thoughts on Brian Fuller. Later on, Walter Koenig took the stage to talk about his experiences in the original series and his career afterwards. When asked why he thought NBC canceled the series, he said that NBC didn't really like Gene Roddenberry. Koenig said, quote, He rubbed them the wrong way. They didn't get it. They didn't understand what we were doing. End quote. He also talked about his experience writing for the animated series and an episode he wrote called The Infinite Vulcan, and he expressed confidence in Star Trek Discovery, citing the hiring of Nicholas Meyer as the thing that gave him the most confidence about the new series. He also shared his thoughts on seeing the 2009 Star Trek reboot, saying, quote, To my great happiness, I loved the movie. I just sat back and felt complimented by this young man playing Chekhov, end quote. He also took a moment to express his sorrow for Anton Yelchin's passing. Another big Sunday event was the One Trek Mind Live session, where fans decided who made it onto the 50th anniversary All-Star crew, and personally, I think they came up with a pretty interesting team. The final lineup for this year's All-Star crew is Janeway as the captain, and Spock as the first officer. O'Brien was elected to engineering. The doctor from Voyager was the choice doctor. Odo was chosen for security, Uhura was put on communications, Tom Paris was chosen as helmsman, and Dax was the wildcard choice. The last major event of the day was an appearance by William Shatner. He shared about some of his experiences in New York and on Broadway, also about his interview with Stephen Hawking for an upcoming TV special called The Truth Is In Our Stars, and he was very frank about how much Star Trek he's actually seen, saying that there's some deep psychological reason he hasn't seen any of the other Star Trek series, despite having good friends who worked on those shows. So, those were some of the highlights from Mission New York. Now let's delve into some of the bigger news stories that broke during the week. First, we found out that Star Trek Online will no longer be a PC-exclusive game. It is finally available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Star Trek Online is a free-to-play MMO, or massively multiplayer online game, where there is no initial cost to play, but you are able to purchase special items and further customization options. In the game, you can join one of three main factions and play as either a Klingon, Romulan, or Starfleet captain. You get to customize your captain, your crew, and your ship, and now there are 11 seasons containing more than 125 story episodes, plus two expansions and multiplayer content. And with MMOs, new content is always in development, so there's lots more to come from the Star Trek Online universe. Now, the PS4 and Xbox One editions of the game come with some new exclusives and freebies. Xbox One players will receive a free Tier 1 Blockade Runner Escort Steamrunner class Starship, and PS4 players will receive a free Tier 1 Andorian Light Escort. 
These items will only be free for the first four weeks after the console launch. They're also offering new content packs for the console launch. These content packs come with special ships, uniforms, and more for your Klingon, Romulan, or Federation playthrough. You can find out what all is available in those packs and get a full list of PlayStation 4 trophies for Star Trek Online by checking out the links in the show notes. We also found out that players will soon be able to purchase 3D models of their Star Trek Online ships. I'll be sure to let you know as soon as these 3D printed models become available. Alright, it's finally time to talk about what was arguably the most anticipated panel at Mission New York, the Star Trek Discovery panel featuring writers Nicholas Meyer and Kristen Bayer. But before they spoke, the panel started with a video featuring executive producers Alex Kurtzman and Brian Fuller. In the video, Brian explained some of the meaning behind the title of Star Trek Discovery. On one hand, it was a nod to Stanley Kubrick's contribution to the Discovery in 2001 A Space Odyssey. It was also a nod to NASA's Discovery Vessel and, of course, just the general sense of Discovery. But also, he said that part of the title comes from, quote, what the word Discovery means to Star Trek audiences who have been promised a future by Gene Roddenberry, where we come together as a planet and seek new worlds and new alien races to explore and understand and collaborate with, end quote. He went on to say that he wants to reinvent, re-explore, and reintroduce the familiar aspects of Star Trek, such as alien races that audience recognize, while also bringing in new ships, aliens, and technology we haven't seen before. Brian Fuller also commented on the protagonist of Discovery, saying, quote, There have been six series all from the captain's perspective, and it felt like for this new iteration of Star Trek, we need to look at life on a Starfleet vessel from a new perspective, end quote. So ultimately, we didn't really learn anything new from this video, but it was nice for Brian Fuller and Alex Kurtzman to have at least a small presence at this event. Now on to the Star Trek Discovery tidbits we've all been desperately craving. Nicholas Meyer and Kristen Bayer had a fair amount to say about the new series, even though they understandably couldn't get into too many details. When asked about why the series will be set 10 years before the original series, Meyer said, quote, I think it's about finding a space in the chronology where there's room to maneuver and create stuff. I think what Brian didn't want to do was use the same characters that had been used on other series. So he looked and found this opening, end quote. Bayer said that they have a delicate balancing act between staying true to what we know and using today's technology to do so much more. On the tone of the show, she said that they hope to maintain, quote, the sense of optimism that has always infused Trek without painting too pretty a picture about the world we live in. Rising to that occasion is my biggest hope. It's a shared goal by everyone working on the show, end quote. She also confirmed that, quote, there are definitely going to be new aliens and interesting life forms as part of the main cast, end quote. Even though Meyer is reportedly writing the second hour of the pilot, he reiterated that he is, quote, a cog in the wheel, end quote, signifying that Brian Fuller is very much in charge of Discovery. One of the bigger pieces of news to come out of this panel is that Kristen Baer will be supervising the creation of supplementary materials that will complement the main television series. There is a new book from Simon & Schuster in development, which will be written by noted Trek author David Mack, as well as a new comic book series from IDW, and both of these will be published concurrently with the Discovery series, which is significantly different than what has happened with previous Star Trek cross-media materials. Before this secondary content, 
content would usually be released a while after the release of the series or movies that it's expanding on, but Bayer will be overseeing both of these projects along with her writing responsibilities on Discovery and her commitment to continue writing Voyager novels. Bayer also made a point to tell us that Brian Fuller is personally running the Discovery Writers Room Twitter account that's at Star Trek Room if you want to follow them and get more insight into the development and production behind the series. There haven't been too many exciting reveals from the account yet, but that will probably become a more valuable resource as we get closer to Discovery's premiere. As to how the writer's room works, Bayer said, quote, There's no saying no in the writer's room. Every idea is listened to. Everyone is coming at this with a different level of Star Trek familiarity and different levels of TV and film experience. Brian has a very specific idea of what the show is and where we are going, and we are trying to help him flesh that out, end quote. Nicholas Meyer shared how the writing team prepared themselves to helm this new era of Star Trek. Quote, Most of the research we did at the beginning, watching older episodes, it was really about getting ourselves grounded in the major events of the shows. End quote. He added that they spent a lot of time refamiliarizing themselves with the specific terminology and other jargon that's common in Star Trek. One of the most talked about moments from this panel was Nicholas Meyer's response to a comment from the audience. At some point during the question and answer session, someone in the audience yelled out something along the lines of, uh, please don't screw this up. And Nicholas Meyer had a very thoughtful response to this. I'm going to give his full uninterrupted quote to give it the proper context. He said, quote, everyone should lower their expectations. If you carry on in this way, not only is there inordinate pressure being put on those of us creating the show, but you're also putting pressure on yourselves, which is inevitably going to lead to some sort of disappointment. You can't please everybody all the time. Art is not done by committee. With all due respect, fans don't know what is best for fans. All I'm suggesting is that if you go in with open minds and open hearts, you may be rewarded. Whereas if you go in with a set of impossible-to-realize expectations, which even you cannot specifically define, then we're bound to fail, end quote. I think this is really good advice, even though it can be tough for hardcore fans to swallow sometimes, myself included. In regards to his statement that fans don't know what is best for fans, your initial gut reaction to that may not be positive, but think about it this way. If someone had asked you before the release of The Wrath of Khan whether or not you think Spock should die, I'm pretty sure most fans would have thought that was a pretty terrible idea. But when Nicholas Meyer executed that idea on screen, it worked really well and ended up being one of the most emotionally effective sequences in Star Trek history. So I'd encourage you to trust the creators working on Discovery, especially since these creators have, have decades of experience in Star Trek and they've spoken repeatedly about how much they love Star Trek and how invested they are in the franchise's success. For our recommended reading today, I'd like to suggest a collection of articles from CNET. They're celebrating Star Trek's 50th anniversary by publishing a ton of interviews with Star Trek cast members, some opinion pieces, and convention coverage, and more. Their coverage is ongoing, and there's so many great articles in their Star Trek at 50 portal, which you'll find a link to in the show notes. 
That's a wrap on today's episode of Hyper Channel. You can keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter at CraptasticLuke. Add me on Facebook too. Just search for Luke Weir. You can follow Trek FM on Twitter and Facebook. And you should also join Trek FM's Facebook group, The Babel Conference. It's a secret group that's just for Trek FM listeners. And we have some great Star Trek discussion on there. Just search for The Babel Conference. That's B-A-B-E-L. You can also support Trek FM on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Trek FM and check out the various levels of support you can choose from and if you want to keep up with all of the shows on the Trek FM network you can subscribe to the Trek FM master feed or you can keep up with individual Trek FM shows on their own individual feeds those are all on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn SoundCloud Windows Phone and so many more you can also stream or download episodes or grab the RSS feeds from our website trek.fm don't forget you can also check out all of the articles I sourced for today's episode in in the show notes and some of the quotes featured in today's show were edited slightly for clarity i'm luke weir thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon with another episode of hyper channel 